Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. We're recording. Just as I pressed it, I thought, I'm going to sneeze. And I, I hedged and I thought, I probably won't sneeze, so I'll record. And so far, I've not sneezed yet, but it's still kind of just rumbling under the surface. So if I sneeze, I'll turn away from the mic because it'll be the sort of thing that gives people a shock as they're walking. Right, I've got some extremely important questions for Alex to answer. They're not would-you-rather questions, um, but all of them are uh, trick questions that you can answer along at home. It's just to sort of warm everybody up, get them into the, into the podcast. Pardon? Just scream at Siri the answer. <laughs> You're playing along at home. Uh, yeah, Siri won't know, I would have thought. So, number one, what can you never, what two, what two things can you never eat for breakfast? Lunch and dinner. That's, uh, that's 100% correct. How the hell did you get that? I've just... That's, that's People listening are going to think he's looking at the answers. No, I, I haven't even... I've not heard that one before, but like, that's the only thing that you couldn't potentially... Oh, that is insane. That is insane. Right. What, yeah, word, what, what, word, what word is spelled incorrectly in every single dictionary? Um... Is it is it the word incorrectly? Jesus Christ! <laughs> Come on, Come on now. how are you doing this? Well, and also, is that wrong? Is that well, no, like, it, it's spelled incorrectly. Yeah, like it, I, it's a trick question, right? Like it's I'm, I'm German sure. dictionary incorrectly is not spelled incorrectly, but is it still incorrectly? Anyway, next question, Johnny. What what goes up? but never, ever comes down. Um, I don't know. That, that's, that just sounds I've like... I've got a, him. I've got him. Your age. Oh. <laughs> hmm. um, that's obvious as well. Some of these are... Uh, what has a face and two hands, but no arms or legs? Clock. No, oh, clock has arms, doesn't it? Clock, is that a clock arm? I think it's hands. <laughs> <laughs> it is a clock. A clock's right. I've heard that one before. You I'm sorry. That, that's okay. I, I think I'm realising that you're the, you're a, a riddle connoisseur. <laughs> I just sit sit here in Florida, just doing riddles to keep myself busy. <laughs> So, you, so far, have you got three or four correct? Three or four. I messed up the age one. Unbelievable. I'm myself about that. This is, a, this is a standard one. If you don't get this, I'll be... I think I'll actually be a, a bit upset. So, pressure's on. 
Okay. A girl fell off a 50-foot ladder but didn't get hurt. How come? Uh, she was on the bottom rung. Yeah. Oh. What, what, start, what starts with an E and ends with an E but only has one letter in it? An envelope. <laughs> Come on now. You gotta stop on the game for episode five. Have you have you heard most of these? No, I haven't heard that one. I just know some words. Well, it's what has a so with every riddle, it's just like what has a double meaning? What can you replace this with? <laughs> like <laughs> just, just what it is. And then you go, oh, yeah. This is absolutely unbelievable. I'm flabbergasted. Right. You spot a boat full of people, but there isn't a single person on board. How is that possible? They're all married or in relationships, Johnny. Come on now. You must be looking at the answers. No, I'm I'm looking at your face, grinning in disbelief. (sighs) How many months have 28 days? Uh, all of them. <laughs> what, <laughs> what has a thumb and four fingers but isn't actually alive? There's a lot of answers to these that are quite I've dark. got him. Got him again. It's probably I've got well it's just a dead person but like that's gloves oh Oh, come on it's all you gotta do is take the question and think what what has a double meaning what can I replace this with that's all you do it's easy (laughs) um (laughs) right two, two more um Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I just had a good one, but I can't can't find it. What can you hold without touching it at all? Um, you can well, you can hold shares in something, but I don't think that's the answer. So you're on you're on the right lines. It's a conversation. Um, so we can see that I've I've figured out how to perplex Alex here in the types of questions. Imagine this is the final one. Imagine you're in a room and it's filling up quickly with water. There are no windows or doors. How do you get out? Is it like? go through the hole where the window would be or where the door would be. I'm not sure whether I read the question correctly. I'm going to read it again. (laughs) Imagine you're in a room that is filling up with water quickly. There are no windows or doors. How do you get out? Stop imagining the room. (laughs) Is that... That's correct. That's the answer. Just just think your way. That, that, Alex, I honestly think that that is... So if anyone if anyone listening got anywhere near to what Alex just got in terms of answers, get in touch with us. 
We need more riddles for the next episode. Because that that was like I wouldn't have got any of those. I don't think. I just I just can't think like that. Whereas to you, they were all obvious. Well, not all of them. We need Plus to test. Man. We need to test you, sir. But you got you, you must have got like eighty percent, seventy five, eighty percent of those right. Yes. There we go. Anyways, episode four. <laughs> Oh, an online fitness business. Today we're talking about sales and lead generation. Uh, so if you've listened back to episodes one, two, and three, uh, you'll have your niche in place. You have an idea of kind of what your brand is. Um, you have an idea of what your offer is. And you might have even set up a website that talks about what you do, although this is not essential. Uh, it's something that we talked about in episode three. Uh, the next thing you have to do is actually get people to the point of being open to having a conversation um, with you about what you offer, you know, and potentially coming on board as a client. So that's what we're going to be discussing today. Um, Johnny, I'm just going to let you riff off of that. You know, what do you need to do to get people open to having that conversation? Okay. So I've just come to terms with Alex's riddle ability. Um, the, so the, the easiest way, or the thing that helps me the most to think about this is we've discussed, as you said, so we've discussed who the person is that you're trying to help like your niche and your brand and all that sort of stuff. Now that, that person already wants what it is that you're helping people do, right? Which is, I guess you can think of it in terms of all the different kinds of businesses that exist. Some businesses have to convince someone that what they have, the person needs, right? I may not know that I need a Dyson vacuum cleaner. Right. I may think my current vacuum cleaner is fine. Right. Not a Hoover because that's a brand vacuum cleaner. Um, so they have to convince me that well, even that's not, not quite true. I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but you, you probably know what I mean. Like there are things that you maybe didn't even know existed until someone marketed to you. And you're like, oh, wow, that would make my life better. Right. Whereas fitness, someone's already somebody already wants that. They already want to lose weight as a standard example. Um and they're probably already trying to lose weight and they're probably failing and struggling with that. So you don't need to convince them of that really in terms of how do we actually sell to them? Well, firstly, we've got to find out where they are firstly. So that's commonly referred to as just getting a lead or like getting the initial kind of first step, like getting someone to raise their hand and go, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested in whatever this is. Very low levels of commitment. It's usually an email, email address and a name. Then it's like, well, I can't just set what a lot of people do is just try and sell to that person immediately. Right. So it might be get them on a call straight away um, or send them to a sales page or whatever. Like try and give them your offer. We spoke about in a separate episode to, to ultimately sell to them and, and guess help them with the with what it is that they that they're wanting, wanting to achieve. But all they do have is a list of reasons why they aren't sure about you. They don't trust you. They're not sure why it'll work. They're not sure whether it's worth the money. Um, they probably think it's a, a scam or you're just trying to take the money without really helping them. There's all these kind of reasons why not, basically. Um, so the the journey or the process from the person just kind of getting on with their own stuff and doing this on their own and trying on their own, maybe working with someone else and actually buying from you is a set of steps from getting that person's attention by saying something or communicating with them in a way that I guess just makes you seem relatable, 
right, makes you seem a little bit different to perhaps a lot of the generic solutions, the people who are trying to help everybody, and get them to take the first step, which would just be enter your world, right? Open the, the virtual doors of your business. And then it's like, well, how do you take them through a process that isn't rushing them to the to the checkout, right? How do you take them through a process that kind of shows them what you're about and demonstrates how you can help them and maybe even kind of change their mind on some stuff, right? So if they're sat there thinking, I've tried weight loss before, it didn't work for me. I've tried programs before, they were too restrictive. Whenever I try a diet, I always give up on Fridays and Saturdays, right? They have all these beliefs that think, it doesn't matter who I pay or what I do, it won't work because the model that I have in my head says that that's what I need to do to succeed. But if you change someone's mind and get them to think, actually, the way this coach does this is going to be the way that I'm I'm on board with, like that I'm bought into that, how much is it, right? Then your offer and the specifics of it and all the stuff we spoke about in the last episode of like, what app do you use and how much is it and the specifics of kind of how often you contact someone, those things are less relevant because someone believes that they're not paying for a six-week program. They're paying for this solution. They're paying for this kind of shift in, in their journey. So there's all the things that happen in between that. But I suppose that the, the easiest way to think of it is all these people that are your target market are, are out there in the online world somewhere and they all want what you have. It's just that you are in the way right? You and kind of unanswered questions are in the way. So how do you just give them the information they need to make the decision? It doesn't have to be super pushy or forceful. It just has to kind of meet someone where they're at and give them what they need to, to make the decision, whether that's yes or no. And that's it. Good night, guys. No, <laughs> obviously, obviously I'll, you know, there's, there's many aspects you brought up there that I want to dive into a little bit more. Sure. I mean, first one is obviously the, the analogy to like, you know the important thing knowing that people actually what want you what they want what you're selling you know but they don't trust that what you're selling is the thing that they actually want that's that's the big difference from a lot of other like you know like trying to sell some clothing or you know or trying to sell some stuff like that you know or, or trying to sell like a car or, or something like that you're not trying to convince them that this is like a more valuable thing um but you are kind of competing with I guess their disappointments, their past disappointments. I mean, to use so, if anyone hasn't listened to the podcast about uh, getting clients using Tinder, uh, <laughs> listen to that. Um, go back and listen to that. But to use the analogy from there, it's kind of like they've been hurt by their exes. You know, they've got exes that have all these things, and a lot of what the first part of that first date is doing is just convincing them that you're not mental, <laughs> and that you're not, you know, the same as the ex. That you're something a little bit different. You're something more aligned with their values and beliefs. And that you can, you know, collaborate and work together on something. Um, and I think if you start framing the, the sales context of your online offering in that way, it becomes uh, a very different conversation that you have with the potential audience. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So the analogy I use a lot is that um, this like A to B journey. So A being where I'm at now, like uncomfortable with how I look, overweight, whatever, and B being just the version of me I'd like to reach right, in six months' time. In trying to do that, I'm already probably like in a, in a car or in a vehicle trying to go from A to B on my own Right when you first encounter me. I'm not doing nothing, more than likely. Maybe, or maybe I've like just got out of a car because I'm sick of it and it wasn't very comfortable. Right? So like I've just, I'm already doing stuff and I've got a big history of things that I've tried. And most people's ex experience with fitness is they start out super naive and think that, well, that tub of protein powder says 
if I consume it, or that fat loss pill says if I consume it, I'll get the result that it's offering. Why would that not be true? I have no reason to not think that's true. They buy it, they're all excited, they do it for 28 days, realize it's not true, and then slowly and progressively just lose trust with everything they see in the fitness industry. Right. So most people don't just do one thing and get results. Most people have got a laundry list of things they've tried that maybe worked for a bit and then stopped working or have never worked at all, really. Um, so as, as Alex says, like that's the stuff that, like if you imagine, like, take all of that stuff into account, if you never really thought of that stuff before, and then imagine what it looks like when someone posts on Facebook and says, my eight-week program includes this app and it's got, I give you a recipe book and I give, like no one cares. No one gives a shit. Like, it's, it's well, I've seen all this stuff before and it didn't work last time. Why is this any different? So that's the like the framework that everyone sees this stuff with as, a, as a, like a, a general fitness consumer, someone trying to lose a bit of weight or get a bigger bench press or whatever it is. That's what they're looking at it from. And so to not account for that makes sales and marketing, sales and lead generation extremely difficult. Yes, 100%. And then sort of to circle back to the start of what you were talking about, like literally just getting their attention, getting them to opt in or to, to come into the virtual door and enter your world. Hmm. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of advice about getting attention or even in like the copywriting world. Like there's getting attention, which, you know, you would get attention if you stripped naked and ran down the high street, get attention. But hmm. you have to get the right kind of attention. And, and what do you kind of suggest for that? You talked about it a little bit in terms of, um, giving someone a piece of information that is new to them or surprising to them or, or framing something in a new way. Could you talk about that a little bit more in terms of that? You know, someone lands on, you know, for, for this example, say they land on an ad that you've run on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you structure that in a way that might make someone, you know, stop and go, oh, this is actually a, a bit of a new shit. This, this, this person, I actually kind of might trust them. Let me, let me enter their world and see more. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a there's a concept in marketing called market awareness. Um, and that can be discussed in two ways. Like one of them is how aware is someone of um, like what's available or are they, are they aware that like they should be tracking macros? And if they're aware they should be tracking macros, should they, uh, do they know exactly how to do it? And they're just kind of looking for a coach or does someone think that like the insulin fairies cause weight gain? Right. And that, that's kind of one side. The other side is how aware is someone in the sense of how much marketing have they seen or how much stuff have they been exposed to? And in an industry like the online fitness world or just the fitness industry in general, most people are pretty aware these days. Right. Like we've all been subject to enough um, fitness magazine headlines and pushy marketing to sort of see have seen most of the traditional copywriting tricks before. Um, and when that starts to happen in an industry and it gets more and more burnt out, often the best way to get attention is to like flip it on its head and almost look at the, the fourth wall, as it were, um, and just be completely honest about what's happening. Right. And so someone that we've worked with in the past um, still have a couple of his programs, a guy called Sam Evans, who you would have heard us talk about before his latest ad campaign his latest Facebook ad is literally a, a square that says ad in it. And the ad copy is, this is an ad. Hopefully you are my ideal customer. Um, the, the intention of the ad is to get you to click on it. And then I'm going to show you. So it's very much like shining the lights on exactly what's happening. And that's very, that's people aren't used to that. It's like, whoa, like he's like telling me how the trick works. Right. So 
I'm not saying you do that in this, but in a world of everybody trying to sell like the three step secret to fat loss, if you just, if you're just completely honest and transparent about how things work and why you can help and um, maybe that you're sick of all of that too. Um, and that what you, the way you do things, it's not a quick fix. It's probably, it's actually quite hard. It involves quite a lot of hard work, but you've got a really good track record of getting people results, etc. Segwaying into here's this free thing. I think it's important that it's, that things are free at the beginning and it's not a, we can talk about sales calls in a second. It's not a sales call. It's not a sales experience, but it's just value. It's just something that you're giving to somebody for free in exchange for like a virtual handshake, right? In exchange for a virtual saying hello, basically becoming a lead, ending with their email, entering their name and kind of progressing to the next step. And you've, you've then got them off social media, right? You've got them out of another world and into yours where you can have a bit more control over what happens. Um, but in terms of copywriting, people make it really complicated. And I often think like the more you try and write traditional pushy copy, the more you blend in, right? Yeah. The, more, the more you just become the same as everybody else. And you, you just don't sound like yourself, right with your own voice. Now, this is quite difficult for people that are like, and I, I think like I've done so much writing now that I've kind of developed my own voice in terms of like writing's tone. So I think for me, it, it sounds easy or feels easy, but just write, write how you speak. Like don't write how you think copywriters speak or how marketing speaks because that's not the, that's not even the business that fitness is in anymore. Like it used to be for sure when people were, idiots not idiots but when people were just ignorant about certain aspects of fitness uh you know when people were just desperate for a result but there was no information out there about how that result was achieved you could say you, you could use those you know pushy tactics and those like do you want to do this in this days then do this <laughs> like yeah all of that and it, and it would work and people would be receptive to it because they didn't know any better but when you know when people as you were saying have that market awareness Speaking with your own voice is going to make you stand out far more than anyone else. And, and by your own, I mean like genuinely, authentically your own voice, what, whatever that is. If you like framing fitness as something that's really spiritual, you know, if you like speaking about it in that way, obviously that has to be aligned with your target market, which it should be anyway, based on the conversations we've had about niche and offer. Mm -hmm. um, but the only way that you're going to be able to actually speak with a niche is by being genuine. Now, there are some like tips and tactics from copywriting in terms of just being like efficient with your language, in terms of making sure that you always have the, you know, the potential client in mind when you're writing, you know, don't make it about you. Don't make it about like, so if all your copy, Johnny, was I deadlifted 300 kilos at euros, it was amazing. The experience was so good. And then there's nothing in there about like how your struggles might apply to someone or, or, or you know, yeah. Yeah. nothing that's resonating with the market, then that's an issue. But, you know, take the, I guess the real thing is like, take the, take the philosophies of copywriting, not the dirty tips and tricks because they don't work anymore, especially for the fitness market. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exactly right. Like when you see people putting headlines out there that says like attention, attention, busy professionals, like, yeah, because every, every busy professional sat there, um, like completely, completely unaware. And then someone calls them out in a the headline and they're like, oh. This is the thing I've been waiting for. This is the, you know, it's, 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 it's been done to death at this point, um, as has most traditional copy in, in most, if you're moving into an industry that's like so niche that people have never seen a, an ad before or a sales page before, then you start to see these tactics working. But as people become more and more aware of it, it, it works less and less. You've got to basically kind of 
be more and more honest because people are so used to bullshit. That's the norm in an industry like this. People are used to being sold things that do not work. And if you think about that, really, like buying supplement after supplement, doing program after program, buying like diet book after diet book, and basically being sold information that's not really true, it's kind of like obfuscating the, the truth, then you just, if you don't have the understanding or the qualifications to see the difference, everything's that now. Everything, yes. Everything's bullshit. Everything's a lie. So you've got that to deal with. And that's kind of the very, kind of the first touch point is this, at least in the way that we teach it, is a is an ad, right? Because you either do you either go out and start using ads and start reaching new people every day, or you keep kind of going into the same small room every morning that is your Instagram followers and shouting, like, would anyone like to sign up and work my coaching? And like maybe one or two people go, All right then. Like I've seen enough of it, but ultimately you exhaust those people. So at some point you've got to expand that. You've got to use advertising um, and you've got to reach people who don't know who you are at all. And that's when the finessing this skill of like, that's the first touch point. It's the first impression anyone's ever seen of you and your business. What do they get from that? Do they get like honesty, transparency, seems ethical, seems like they're in it for the right reasons. Or does it look like it's just someone else peddling their three-step secret or the one hack that doctors didn't want you to know that allowed you to to lose weight overnight because mo- most coaches and trainers didn't actually get the result that they have in the way that they're now trying to promote in an ad it's like that they didn't use a three-step secret that they secretly discovered after a you know reading this ancient ancient manual that they I found under- ayahuasca in colombia <laughs> and it yeah. came the four-step program. Right, exactly. Just- no, it never happens like that, does it? It's like a slow, progressive realization that it's just consistency applied to the basics. But like that, the nuance of that's hard. The nuance, it's like hard to figure out the puzzle of how to fit all these things together around a real life. And that's what you help people do. So just be honest about it in your first touch point, which is the ad. Um, yeah. So then I guess sales calls. So you've got a lead, you've got someone to opt in. Great. Now what? Um, and people go with two two routes down this. Like one of them is, oh my god, I better not sell to them. I'll just send emails consistently, and hope, and hope they buy. Yeah. So that like literally, some people try that. It's like I'm going to build an email list, and I'm going to email the email list, and I'm going to sell to them and hope they buy in two months, three months, six months, whatever. Um, very like very ethical way to run your business, but the downside of that is the like the cash cycle the cash flow cycle of if you put a hundred pounds into ads today and it takes six months to make the hundred pounds back again unless you have a big bag of money in your room that you can just endlessly spend like you're just going to run out of money exactly but we don't tell anyone about alex's big bag alex's bag of money in his riddle riddle book riddle riddle chamber (laughs) well you've just got a a riddle cheat book beneath your laptop that's what i think that's what i've now become to realize um so the yeah so like the the, the, the like the conversion cycle is too long right, the cash conversion cycle is too long so you can't do that or you, you shouldn't do that um the other is that people just think right well they're a lead so i'm going to sell to them right now um, they've signaled their interest let's go yeah and, and the way that most people are taught that is a discovery call a strategy call a like sales call planning call exactly like wrapped up in 
wrapped up in something that isn't that. Yes. And there's two there's two times that like anyone listening to that has ever seen something like that. One of them is like if you want to apply to work in propane business, you've got to get on the phone with one of us, right? So it may seem a little bit contradictory. I'll talk about why in a second. The other is you've probably tried to do this yourself in your coaching, right? You've probably tried to sell fitness on the phone. And the main difference is, this, this, I suppose there's two things. Oh, go on. It's also, it's also the thing that the method that looks most like in-person personal training, you know, mm. it, it's very much, you're used to doing your shtick on the gym floor. You're used to talking to people and being like, Hey, look, we'll do this. We'll do this. So for some people, I mean, you know, some people find that uncomfortable on a gym floor, but for people that are comfortable doing that on a gym floor, I think it seems like the logical next step as to like how to get people online. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, it's like a, like your initial, your initial consultation you would do with a new client or maybe the free session you would give to someone in the gym if they didn't know who you were. Um, but I guess the, so there's two, two problems with it, right? One of them is the the mechanics of it are just not scalable. Like very quick. If you're a busy PT and you're doing 30 hours a week, when are you going to do your calls? Like yeah. the, the time, the times that the time that if I'm one of your clients, I'm a busy professional, for example, and I want to speak to you, well, I'm going to be free to have a call with you when you're working with your offline clients, right? I'm at work during the day. So the time you've got between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. when you haven't got clients, I can't speak to you. I'm at work. And you just, the last thing you want is a busy calendar of calls. Because even if you're doing like a 15% conversion rate to a fitness offer over the phone, that's, let's say, five to 10 calls to make to get one client. It's like quite a lot of time on the phone. Um, but the second is these days, most things as a consumer aren't bought over the phone. And this is like the, the, the big gap between why do we use it for propane business? Why is it used in business? Firstly, it's like a B2B, it's a business to business thing. It's a, it's a business consultation. And the number of, the number of situations someone can be in when it's like, I want to develop my business is basically infinite, right? The number of combinations that could exist. Whereas I want to lose weight over the next six months. Like, yeah, I might have injuries. I might have things that you need to account for. But ultimately, it's going to involve like managing my nutrition, calorie calorie management and training, right? With a business, there could be partnerships. There could be complications. You might have a job. There might be lots of different things that you need to account for. And so actually, a call is almost mandatory, really. Like we used to just allow people to buy appropriate business, and we we got people buy and join who who literally should should not be in the program, right? So yeah. you need almost this gatekeeping. Um, plus, people have a lot more questions, right? So in a business business to business scenario, it's normal, right? A lot of business deals are done over the phone today, and I think probably always will be. If you think of a consumer, like think of the last thing you bought as a consumer over the phone. There's not very many things these days, right? Like it's weird. It's weird to think, oh, I want an online PT, but I've got to book a call with them. Like, why? Like, why can't I just go on the website and see what the prices are and buy? Right? Like, yeah, there's the there's the in person people are comfortable with that because that's normal. But if you've got to schedule a call with your online personal trainer, a bit weird. Yeah. So all of and that and it, also like I've just opted in. Why are you calling me? Right. Yeah. So 
it's a bit too it's, it's too short to go, back, to go back to the tinder analogy if you just match with someone and they message you going let's hop on the phone and you know see about, see about this dating what they just be like what what fuck yeah. off yeah it just doesn't make any sense don't call me again basically. please please like you don't have my number why are you asking for my number right? you don't even send me any message we've not had any exchange we've not built any rapport um yeah. And yeah, I mean, and so that's that's the key thing is that it's like we've talked about those two methods. That the two conventional routes is e- email and hope that over time, you know, build it and they will come sort mm. of mentality. And then the sales calls, you know, they're kind of two ends of that spectrum. And I think you know what what we talk about is is the middle ground uh, and what is the good balance that means that the cash flow is consistent, the cash flow is dependable. Um, but you're not scaring people off by being like jumping the gun too soon. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, it, it, even if you did get someone on the phone and they were receptive to buying, they'd still have 10 questions, right? They still don't know who you are. It's still very new and it might work occasionally. And I suppose that's the, like the real problem with these methods is you can get this like false positive situation where maybe in a week you close two people on the phone and you're like, Oh my God, this is the answer. Right, you forget about well, what's what's my life going to look like when I'm doing forty calls a week for for four clients a week? Yeah, less exciting. Well, so even, even if you look at so what you know, whatever you're charging for your for your offer, like I mean, we've talked about high ticket doesn't work. That's in episode two. Go back and listen to that if you want. Um, but like, if you're selling a program at a reasonable price, which you should be, and we tell you why in many different things, then at most it's going to be two hundred pounds a month. At yeah. most, yeah. Really, um, and they, so once you have that two hundred pounds a month from that person, if you're hopping on ten calls to make two hundred pounds a month, and each of these calls are like half an hour to an hour long, then you've spent you know it's twenty pounds an hour basically, and, and you're stuck in trading time for money, and then that's less than like it just doesn't make any sense. It, you're just yeah yeah. I mean, all these things that are, that are taught, basically, like the standard models that are taught, are taught. Like personal trainers are taught basically a structure to sell like higher price consulting over the phone, right? To businesses, because a lot of the people selling the consulting to personal trainers have been taught that process, yeah. right? And, and have never, not always, but most cases have never tried to actually do that with a fitness offer to someone who doesn't get like what a webinar is and doesn't get why um, they need to buy on the phone and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these stuff's, are, stuff's are kind of a symptom of one another. So, like this high price thing is a symptom of not really addressing how to deal with a hundred clients at once. Right. So if you're only going to deal with 30 clients, then you've, you've, you've got to charge high prices. Otherwise your revenue is going to be capped. And then if you're going to charge a high price, well, you can't really do that on a sales page. You've got to do that on a call. And so all these things are kind of, it's a problem created from a problem, which is yeah. created as a, at its base by the fact that the, the way that this is being, structured to begin with doesn't really match the market and i guess that's like our issue is we try this let's try this for a long time and it, it just you just run into problem after problem trying to make this work to fitness like the fitness industry the fitness market and regular consumers um so what we teach is this 14 day sequence call it a 14 day challenge 14 day kickstart 14 day on ramp whatever you want to call it um but i suppose the question is like how do you remove a sales call from this Right. Yeah. You're selling something, as Alex says, like 200 pounds a month, or maybe it's like three to 400 pounds for 12 weeks. 
it's it's in a, it's a price range where someone's not thinking like oh my god i'm gonna have to you know get a get a loan out for this like i'm gonna ha- I'm, this is gonna bankrupt me if i yeah. if i don't get my my money's worth from this fitness program um and you're not you're not kind of promising someone that they're going to make the money back you're just promising them they're going to lose weight so if something costs thousands then it's gone um and so you don't need a sales call for that right if something's if everything's been structured correctly up to this point when you're telling someone the price you don't need a sales call and we found that a 14-day window is long enough for even the busiest of person to get value from something to get what they need from something and make a decision Clarity. This 14-day window is they, so they, they've opted in. They're coming through the virtual door after seeing your ad, which was worded in a way that didn't come across as sleazy and weird, but really fit the market. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I like what um, Matt Rhodes, swim coach, is putting out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to into his 14-day swim challenge. That, that's the point that the, the, the 14-day sequence is happening right after that opt-in. Am I correct? Exactly. exactly yeah. So the. The entire sales process is this 14-day sequence. It's the it's your lead magnet. It's the thing you promote for free. It's where all your ad spend's going to. And it's also what you spend, like, all of your energy perfecting. Um, because, of, I mean, the, the other thing that's, that's mad to us is, like, when you see people launching new funnels all the time, and you're like, how much work can go into, like, engineering something so it's actually really working as, as well as it could? you might be doing it for a year, just that one thing, just that one funnel. So we just recommend that one process over and over and over again, bringing new people into it all the time. So you don't need to worry about people getting bored of seeing the same thing because the people that you're seeing it, that are seeing it every day have never seen it before because they're being reached with ads. Awesome. And then in terms of what that sequence looks like, you know, we talked about giving value. Mm -hmm. Uh, What does that look like? I guess from a, I mean, we don't have to dive into this full details, but you know what? What's the the general idea of like? They start fourteen days. They they probably don't know who you are because they've just seen an ad. So obviously they've got to get to know you, and then what goes on in the fourteen days that at the end means that you can pitch to them without the need for a sales call. So what it's what it's not, um, and I think where because people do challenges. Uh, that's another thing that's that's taught a lot actually these days of all lengths, like five days, ten days, fourteen days. And they have, pardon? 100 days. Exactly, yeah, 100 days is crazy. Um, but yeah, really? Yeah. Wow, okay. Um, but like the, what they usually are is just content, like free information wrapped up into, like put behind an opt-in basically, um, where like if I spent 10 minutes on Google, I'd have found the same stuff, if not better stuff. Um, so it's a lot of it, think of it as like a, a sales call script or a sales page and the aspects of that that I suppose encourage someone to make a decision or the aspects of that that um, actually like get someone to see the value in what you're doing. There's aspects of that and kind of key components of that that aren't the pushy, nasty, making someone cry bits, right? But like how does a, how does a sale happen? And that's like laid on its side and, and chunked down over 14 days. So that that essence of it has to exist if it doesn't. It's just like 14 days of like, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, water. Yeah, and oh, I, yeah. Wow, you have to eat less to lose weight. Exactly. Yeah, like I need more sleep. Oh, protein. Oh, protein's good, right? And like someone gets to the end and it doesn't lead into why I should buy your program. Like I've just learned 14 things that I knew already and now you're pitching me something, right? So it has to be a sales experience. But 
ideally, like, so that the target we have for people is th- between three and 5% buy. So you get a hundred people in it, you get five clients, 95 people say no, right? And if, if those 95 people are left with like a bit of a weird taste in their mouth, feeling like they're just being kind of aggressively pitched to, it doesn't really help your business long-term. So ideally all a hundred people come out of this thinking, that was really, like, that was amazing. Like I would, I'd recommend my friends do that free thing, right? So then your sales process, I can imagine having a sales call that people can't wait to recommend their friends to, right? Okay. <laughs> like imagine, imagine your sales thing being valuable to people in itself that they want to even, they even ask at the end, can I do it again? Right. Yeah. Um, that's really where you want to get to. So yes, it's information. It should be valuable, but at the same time, if that's all it is, people won't buy. And if all it is is selling, people the people who don't buy will feel like they've almost been misled into yeah. something that was supposed to be valuable and wasn't. Free thing that you know, I was going to actually learn some stuff and learn how I can apply it in my own life. And like, it, it's about managing the relationship with all of the hundred people in that in that group. And I don't mean that like a check in. Hey, Karen, how's things? No, it's not that. It's about um, as you said, like if they can come away from the challenge thinking oh, that was actually really useful. I'm not quite ready to invest right now, but I'm actually going to keep checking out this guy, you know, Matt Rose's swim content. Um, I'm going to keep making sure that I'm coming back and looking at how I can perfect my breaststroke and all that. Um, then that, that's going to be really valuable down the line because circling back to what we were talking about earlier, the method where you just email people and hope, you know, now you have an email list of 100 people. So five of them bought. That's amazing. That's beautiful. And now you have an email that well, so 95 people that didn't buy who still might someday in the future. So not only have you recouped the kind of investment you made on ads with those five people that bought, but you have this group of people that could also be extra income down the line. Um, and that's and that's what I think really, you know, the whole kind of propane business process is about, is about finding the sweet spot, you know, as we, as we said, between salesy and laid back. No, come in, have it for free. Yeah. And then, you know, and that's at every single junction. So with the ads... You know, again, you start to take people through a vision of what they might achieve from, you know, going through this free challenge. But you also have to frame it in a way that isn't salesy and pushy. Then with this challenge, it's exactly the same thing. It's giveaway information, you're valuable as a coach. Uh, but you also actually, you know, people realize that you're probably going to pitch something at the end. And people aren't angry at that if you're still giving them value. Yeah. And if sales not pushy, it's more like, look, we've learned these things. We've learned about, you know, how coaching can be really beneficial. Um you know, you can go away, you can take these concepts and do it for yourself for a bit. Um, but you can also, you know, step on board with me. Um, as you know, from my own journey, you know, for example, you guys, you could say that you use coaches, you know, using coaches for you really helped your journey. So you can say that to people and they'll be like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I could go away and make the mistakes as as Johnny did. Or I could just join Johnny's coaching and save myself six months. And, and that's really what people are always paying for with coaching is the save time and a little bit of accountability. Um, that That's pretty much it. Not, not, it all comes down to that at its essence. Yeah. I could, I could go and study a degree in diet and a degree in like kinesiology and just like really nail down and learn about everything. Or I could hire someone else that's done that to do, teach me the foundational things that I need to achieve the result I want. And yeah. that's all that ever is. Yeah. And like the, the people not minding you sell, sell to them, you know, it's you, 
getting people to the point where if on day 13 you just went, right, see you later, hope that was useful. And everyone's like, well, what? Like, <laughs> is there not a, is there not something else? It, like, again, getting, it, no one does that at the end of a sales call. No one's sat at the end of a sales call going, like, oh, God, I, I cannot wait for the bit where they tell me that if I don't pay now, then it goes up. It's five times the price if I don't make a decision on the phone, right? No one does that. It's an, un- it's an unpleasant experience to the person selling and the person buying. So the, it, it gets this, keep people to this point. And the key point of all of this really is once this is set up and working, like you build it, you test it, it converts at 5%, great. Now, rather than putting your like everything that you do from waking till sleep on your Instagram story, hoping that someone will DM you to the same 800 people every day. Right. And the, the guilt of like shit minds, the bars on my Instagram story are like a centimeter rather than a millimeter. I've not, I've not uploaded enough today. Right. I'm not building my business. Instead, you've just got this thing that, you know, works, you can rely on, you know, you get great feedback from yeah. Right. I'm just going to promote it using advertising and that for a lot of people like oh, i don't want to spend money what if i lose it but you, you've seen it work before so if you yeah. spend a thousand pounds and you make a thousand pounds back you might even lose money on like the processing fees and stuff like that but if if 75 percent of those people stay with you for months that's just profit that you would have never otherwise got and as alex said the like the residual of that that isn't even encountered into that isn't even factored into that equation is the 95 people of every 100 who don't buy, who still think you're brilliant, who still think the 14 days is brilliant, who might buy in six months' time. Because they've decided because of the 14 days and because of what you said to them, because of how they now think that this is the way for them, you're going to be the coach that they do pick when finances are right, when they get back from holiday, when they get paid at the end of the month, right? Whatever the objection is that they give, that we've all heard before, they're just not ready yet. And nothing you can do can make them ready, but you want to be the person that they pick when they are and that's why this kind of sales sequence has got to be for both people, right? It's got to be for the people who want to buy now, but also for the people who don't. And the, the quickest way to do all of this, honestly, is just to sign up for Propane Business. Exactly. <laughs> that's the logical next step. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to get on the phone and have a discussion with one of us about how you can apply this to your fitness business, um, then go to the link. Um, was it again that was the URL? So, well, podcast, podcast people are a bit different because we know that all of the people, they're special. Because we know of all the people we work with and like the, the rate of results that we get with like where people come from and all those sorts of things and like I suppose how fast people get results and how fun they are to work with, podcast listeners are basically top of the, top of the list. Yeah. Um, so it's the only time ever we say you can email us. Much to Yusef's anger and frustration of having emails come in the inbox. We say, if you send us an email with the subject line, Propane Business Podcast, we'll basically just, if there's space in the calendar that day, we'll just speak to you on the day that email comes in. Um, But if you're not ready for that yet and you just want to find out more, that is propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast. What I'd recommend if you hear this and you think, I'd prefer to speak to Alex and I've got a riddle that I don't think he'll know (laughs) <laughs> then you can you can tell him the riddle on the phone and, put, and flummox him. Just thrown. <laughs> yeah, but he gets eighty percent of them right. Doesn't matter how hard they are. 
We will speak to you on the next episode. Um, a few episodes we've got coming up. We've got programming. So obviously, like once you've actually got people to buy, how do you deliver programming in an effective way? Um, we have the actual kind of, I guess, the, the qualifications that we suggest people have. Yusuf and Johnny will be going into that. Um, that's going to be a very interesting one. Uh, some software recommendations that we use. Um, and yeah, we, we've got some other stuff in this series that we're not going to reveal yet, but it, it's all coming up. So stay listening. And we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Goodbye. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propinfitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.